bet the game. Sounds crazy, Frank. <laughs> Maybe just crazy enough to work. Sports betting with an Oregon lean. Powered by Sports Radio 750, The Game, Portland's most listened to sports station. You probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris. Now, here are your hosts, Judah Newby and Zach Schlegel. What is good? Championship Sunday on the doorstep of NFL weekend. He is Zach Schlegel. I am Chuda Newby. This is Bet the Game powered by 750 The Game at 750thegame.com. We're down to the final four, Zach, in the NFL. And tickets to Super Bowl 54 are about to be punched. We have, of course, betting interest. You also have fan interest at a high stake in the games this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, Jude. I'm a little nervous, but I'm feeling pretty good overall, especially looking back and seeing what the 49ers did against the Packers earlier in the season. Was that a close game? Can you remind me? Not really. No. Not really. Maybe <laughs> uh, maybe the first minute of the game. Yeah. <laughs> After that, we pretty much dominated. At one point, it was 0-0. Yeah. And then the game happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to break down the AFC and NFC Championship games, Titans and Chiefs, 49ers and Packers as well. Uh, of course, the team that uh, I am a big fan of, the Seattle Seahawks, Lost to the Packers 28-23. Packers end up covering that one. Bit of a predictable game flow there. But, you know, I, I mourned the uh, the end of the season. I, I'm back out on the other side. I've, I've been able to put it to rest for the Seahawks. Now able to watch relatively objectively going into uh, Championship Sunday, Zach. But as you moved out of the divisional round and we, we got to the championship round, and dare I say your divisional round uh, thoughts were, were pretty interesting as we were going into the four games of last weekend, but we ended up getting a few like really, really unique uh, game flows mm-hmm. with, with all four games, really. I mean, you talk about the um, the Saturday afternoon game, the Niners beating the Vikings. I mean, it was 7-7 early, then San Francisco really dominated the rest of that game. The, the sacks, the pass rushing. The Titans going into Baltimore and straight up owning the Ravens. You know, one of the points we made about that game was Baltimore was so unfamiliar at playing from behind if they were down by two scores in the second half, would they be able to execute and get back into the game? The answer is no. And Derrick Henry is an animal once again, per your rushing observations uh, from last week. And Sunday morning, we get the crazy 24 nothing Houston lead. Ooh, wow. Turns into 51-31 Chiefs. I mean, bizarre game flow there. That's never happened in playoff history. And then capped off by the Packers getting up 21-3 and holding on to beat the Seahawks 28 28- to 23. Now we go into Championship Sunday. What are some of your observations as we move forward to one more Sunday of doubleheader football? Well, you know, looking back to the divisional round, you know, you talked about the 49ers, you talked about the Titans, both of them, their running game has been excellent. The 49ers ran the ball 47 times in the game against the Vikings. But if you talk to the coaching staff, that was the game plan. They wanted to run the football. They wanted to play great defense. They got three key starters on the defensive end back. D Ford, huge, huge for that defensive line, freeing up Bosa and the boys to do their thing. Uh, they they pretty much dominated that football game. The score really didn't say how much the 49ers really dominated the game. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do too much. And I think that's uh, that's what we're going to be looking forward to in this game against Green Bay as well. Jimmy Garoppolo, 
as long as the 49ers defense can play the way they've been playing, as long as they can rely on that run game, Jimmy Garoppolo just needs to be efficient and limit turnovers. And, right. you know, he's kind of been a turnover machine most of the season, honestly, and we'll get into those numbers. Derrick Henry on the other side, right, he's the first running back to go for 180 yards in three straight football games. I, unfortunately, was on the losing end of uh, the Titans-Patriots game and then also the Titans-Ravens game. Uh, so it's hard for me to go against the Titans a third straight week when I've lost twice against them. So we'll we'll find out. I'm going to talk this through you as we go through that game. Um, but the last time, I mean, looking at the AFC Championship here, the last time that it didn't include Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger was back in 2002. So what's kind of wow. cool about this season is that it's just a totally different look. We have new teams in there, uh, unfamiliar faces. It seems like it's sort of almost like the end of an era in a sense because these these old farts right are just no longer you know in the big games like we're used <laughs> to seeing uh of course Brady will probably still have a couple more years under his belt uh you know Drew Brees isn't in the NFC championship game uh, a lot of these big boys just not there anymore uh the interesting thing you pointed out about the Ravens right you know how would they play from behind what I saw is that the Ravens kind of just went away from what they've been doing all season. They tried to turn Lamar Jackson into just this pocket passer, and I think they kind of freaked out a little bit when they got behind. Titans clearly, you know, controlling the tempo of the football game with Derrick Henry, and that's how they've won these last two football games. That's how they've been so dominant as of late. But it just didn't look right with Lamar Jackson when you kind of put him back there and you make him throw the football. They weren't as balanced as they used to be uh, earlier in the season, and Mark Ingram you know, wasn't as effective because of that calf injury. So, uh, unfortunately, the Ravens kind of missed their opportunity here. It was Lamar Jackson's season. But as we move forward into this conference championship weekend, conference championship Sunday, Patrick Mahomes has a chance to really make it his season. And that's kind of the interesting storyline right now is that Patrick Mahomes last last year failed to make it to the Super Bowl, although the Chiefs, there were some questionable calls in that game against the Patriots. Uh, they you know, arguably should have been in the Super Bowl against the Rams. Now they have a chance at redemption to get back there uh, or to get there, excuse me. And this is only the second time, really, that the this is actually the second time ever, Judah, I didn't know this, that they've been, or third time ever that they've been to the AFC Championship game. They had like a 50-plus year drought before last season. Now they're at back-to-back AFC title games. I think the NFL wants a 49ers Chiefs. Super Bowl, I think that'd be a really exciting matchup. But again, you can't doubt the Titans. Now, before we get into the Titans game, Jude, I want to just bring to your attention a few trends here, really interesting numbers. Uh, So there's been nine conference championship games with a spread larger than six. We're looking at both of these games, the spread of seven and a half, right? Favorites have not done well against the spread versus those steep steep numbers. They're Hmm. seven and two straight up. But three and six against the spread. So, and I'm talking those nine conference championship games since the realignment since 2002. Um, so, this is the 10th and 11th time we've seen a spread that high. So, looking at it, favorites haven't done too well against the spread, although they've won seven of the nine. Other interesting stat here since 2002, teams generating more sacks than their opponents for the year are 22 and 12. That's 60, almost 65% against the spread. Both home team, both home favorites have the sack edge. We know the 49ers like to get after the quarterback, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a little bit of trouble. But both home teams, both favorites there have the edge in the sack category. 
Finally, teams are 19 and 8, 70%. That's a big number, and that's got to draw some attention against the spread when they force more turnovers than their opponent did in their respective divisional round game. So the Titans forced three turnovers in their upset win against Baltimore, and the Chiefs only forced one in their comeback win over Houston. So the Titans have the turnover edge there. The Niners forced two turnovers in their win against Minnesota. The Packers failed to force a turnover for the first time since Week 12 in their win over the Seahawks. That's pretty shocking. So... Teams 19 and 8. So 19 and 8, 70% Judah when they force more turnovers than their opponent did in their respective divisional games. That's interesting. Yeah. And I know the the only turnover the Chiefs forced was that kick return. Yeah. Fumble. Yeah. Right. But but to be fair, they also had that fake, you know, punt stop. That's a turnover on downs technically, but it's not exactly taking the football away, you know, on a play. But the Chiefs' defense being on the field, they didn't turn Houston over. Last right. week, which is interesting. Right. And Steve Spagnola, obviously, I know you're a big fan. You talk about this guy a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, it, it was a big acquisition. You know, the yeah. Chiefs had Bob Sutton in there for a long time, and their defense was kind of the Achilles heel. Steve Spagnola, he's obviously done it before. He's taken down big offenses as an underdog in the playoffs before. Right. And, you know, now he's got a defense that has been waxing mm-hmm. as the year's gone on. And he has them, they're playing some of their, their best ball, but it's come without forcing turnovers, at least last week. Yeah, and that was that was with the Giants, right, Steve yeah. Spagnuolo? Yeah, yeah. Was that against the Patriots? Yeah. Was that that year, mm-hmm. the undefeated? Wow. 07, yeah. Oh, and I think man. 11 as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the guy, the guy knows how to win big games. And, you know, the Chiefs, the defense has been their kryptonite. Last year in the AFC Championship game, they couldn't get off the damn field on third and long. And they're a D Ford lining up mm -hmm. appropriately away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, they intercept Brady to go to the Super Bowl, and Mm -hmm. Ford lines up in the neutral zone, which is, you know, it's an ironic twist of fate. I know, right? (laughs) Given that we could see Niners, Ford's new team with the Chiefs in uh, in the Super Bowl. That's really interesting, you know, because, yeah, there's so many different storylines here and different players and different coaches. Like, you know, we're talking about uh, when we look at the 49ers and we look at the Packers, uh, looking at the coaches there, the LaFleur family, right? Because Mike LaFleur is the passing game coordinator for the Niners. Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Packers, right? Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan have relationship coaching together on the Redskins. They're good Uh, friends. Good friends. Very, very good friends. Um, and then D Ford really like, I mean, that's interesting. I didn't even really think about that, but could be facing his former team. And then of course, if it is the Packers and the chiefs in the Super Bowl, we'd have the state farm bowl, (laughs) (laughs) which is what everybody's thinking about. Right. Exactly. You know, and if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you got Joe Montana played for the Niners and the chiefs. Oh, wow. Jimmy Garoppolo. Didn't mm-hmm. he tear his ACL in Arrowhead? Oh, my what, goodness. Wasn't it the run to the boundary I think there? It was. Yeah, actually, you're right. I think yeah. it was week two or so of last yeah. year. So there's always plenty of fun connections to make between potential Super Bowl matchups. And of course, we have yet to talk about any involving right. the Titans <laughs> because they're so easily dismissed. But now that you've brought all those trends to the table, let's dig into it. The AFC Championship game. Baby, there will be a frozen tundra in <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, yeah, hot boys are coming to melt it though. They are, they <laughs> are. Derrick Henry, one of the hottest running backs in playoff history so far. You mentioned it earlier, Zach. 
Over 180 yards in three straight games going back to Week 17. Unbelievable. Never happened before. Never. Never. Now he is still rolling. Not enough uh, props, I think, have been given to his offensive line. That Titans unit is just straight moving people right now. Oh, yeah. And when you get a guy as with the size of Derrick Henry with positive momentum through space, through a hole, man, he is going to be hard to tackle. And that's mm-hmm. been manifest in his yards per carry average over five and a half or, or six last week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. His steps are so big. Like he just, it almost looks like he's running slow motion. When he comes through the line, he's he's very patient. He's big, but he's very patient. He finds the hole. He takes these gigantic steps. And then all of the sudden, he's hitting the Jets, and he's just striding so smoothly to the end zone. And, like, I mean, you're going to have to jump on the guy's back to slow him down. You might have to, get, you have, to have to have two guys. You need two guys to take this guy down. He's a monster. You need that, and um, you need to be able to plug up the initial <laughs> hole, at yes. the very least, to try to make him lateral along the line of scrimmage. It's when yeah. he's... When he's Getting right through the initial hole, that's when you're in trouble. That's oh. where the yards, you know, per carry is going to come from. I don't know if the Chiefs have it within them to muster up some great run defense against the best running back in the league. Well, and while we're on Derrick Henry here, so overall, his last three games have been incredible. He has 406 scrimmage yards, which has accounted for 69%. Of the team's total 585 yards. Wow. Like, that is just, I mean, that's their game plan, clearly, right? Ryan Tannehill hasn't had to do too much. But in this game, I do think that Spagnuolo and that defense, I think Tyron Matthews is going to be a big difference here as a leader, as a physical specimen in that defensive side of the ball. And I think the Chiefs are going to have some success. I mean, Derrick Henry's going to get his. But if they can slow him down enough to force Tannehill to throw the football to try to win the game on him, his shoulders, obviously that's the way they want to do it. Now, Derrick Henry's on pace to pass Eric Dickerson, who accounted for 64% of the Rams offense back in the day. So this is like record-breaking stuff right here. And, you know, when the train's moving, it's hard to stop a train, right? I think I heard Canzano say that, actually. I like it. <laughs> um, so let's dive into this game, Judah. Yeah, we Titans. Got- we got the uh, line opened at Kansas City minus seven and a half, a total of 52. Mm-hmm. Now it's at 53 and still at seven and a half. And it's really interesting. I'm looking at a, a handful of the books around here. And the MGM Mirage has Kansas City a seven and a half point favorite plus money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bet MGM yep. has Kansas City as a seven and a half point favorite, but minus 05. Mm hmm. William Hill and others, Circus Sports, have Kansas City as a seven-point favorite, but juiced to minus 20. Yeah, so so at seven and a half with the Chiefs, the, you're seeing even money, right? You're seeing minus 105, even money with the Chiefs, minus seven and a half in most places, if yeah. it is seven and a half. Yeah, the Mirage has I mean, plus money on seven and a half. I don't understand that one. That's, yeah. that's the outlier. Something's off with that. Well, that's that, fishy. It, maybe they took a huge bet somewhere, but just don't want to move off that number. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, to me, it's it's baiting people. They're trying to get people to bet the Chiefs more. Like, they're just begging you to bet the Chiefs because yeah. the price is so nice right there. That rhymed. Price is nice. The price is nice. But, yeah, they're begging for Chiefs money, and that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyways, let's dive into this, and then we'll figure out what we want to do with it. But this is the fifth time that the Titans have been a dog of four or more points this season. They've won all four of the pre- previous games hmm. outright. Wow including the Chiefs earlier in the season, which we saw 
and they block that field goal at the end of the game, right? Kind of controversial, but replay showed that he wasn't offsides. So the Titans can, they did it one time, they can probably do it again, right? As long as they kind of stick to the same game plan. Head-to-head, the Titans have also won four in a row against the Chiefs, head-to-head. I didn't know that. I had to look that one up. Hmm. Um, The last three meetings have been decided by three points or less. Including... Including the Marcus yes. Mariota wild card heroics, yes, in that building a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yep, that's I was going to just get to that right now. Wild card game, twenty-two to twenty-one. They were down. Our Chiefs were up, right, twenty-one-six. Yeah, yeah. Titans came roaring back. Marcus Mariota passed to himself. What do you know? How ironic would it be? I don't wish uh, you know injury upon anyone, but how ironic would it be? You know, if Tannehill does go down and they need Marcus in this game. He comes in, pulls some heroics, leads him to the Super Bowl. Or even if, regardless of injury, does he have a role in this game? Yeah, yeah, We saw him go on the field against Baltimore, Mm -hmm. motion out wide on the Derrick Henry touchdown. Is there any type of decoy in the the Marcus Mariota, you know, skill set that he could have here? Or does he go on the field and actually make a play? (laughs) Yeah. Could they have him? He's still a weapon, and this is the time to unload all your... All the deep, deep parts of your playbook. Well, you know, clearly when you see him on the field, the Chiefs are going to know, well, something's, you know, they're going to pull some kind of trick play here, clearly. The last time, you're talking about that play, Derrick Henry, the pop pass, the little Tim Tebow jump pass. Uh, Marcus Mariota was like wide open, just flailing his arms, going, over here, over here, I'm right here. And Derrick Henry was like, no, 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 you just stay right there. I'm going to throw it to my guy in the back. Well, I I think he was, that's part of the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's part of the play to to mess the defense, Mm because Henry's got one shot Mm -hmm. there. I I mean, that's my opinion. No, 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 you're actually, no, really, really good point there because obviously Marcus is a huge distraction, but it's just funny because the defense paid no attention to him. Like, he was just, he was (laughs) just so open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know if it worked or didn't. I mean, it clearly worked, but yeah, yeah, I guarantee you we're going to see Marcus out there doing some things in this game, you know, at least to throw the defense off a little bit. Now, talking, talking about the Chiefs defense once again here, I think that's been just one of the biggest keys for them this season. I think it'll be, obviously, it'll be the biggest key. I think it'll be the biggest key in this game if the Chiefs can stop Derrick Henry and if the Chiefs can take an early lead because I just don't see Tannehill leading the team back down a couple scores, you know, with his arm. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think that Vrabel is obviously is a very experienced guy. He's a championship player. He's a coach that's coached. Or, or sorry, he's played with championship caliber players and coaches, Bill Belichick, the Patriots, you name it, right? I think he's patient enough that even if they're down a score, I think they'll stick to the game plan. Only if they're down like multiple scores late in the game will they have to be like, okay, Tannehill, let's go out and win this football game, right? Um, but the Chiefs defense in the last five regular season games, they only allowed 10.2 points per game, just under 300 yards per game. That's that's pretty good, right, for a Chiefs defense. And another very interesting stat here is that they're, the Chiefs defense, or the Chiefs overall, are 9-0 and when they allow their opponent to rush for 110 yards or fewer. But they're 4-4 four and four if they rush for more than 110 yards. Interesting. So that is the key. Stop Derrick Henry. Play good defense. Get a lead. Hold on to it. Uh, last time, Derrick Henry ran for 188 on the Chiefs. So that's right around his average the last three games. And he, right? one of them was like a 60-plus yard touchdown run yeah. in the second half of that game. And it seems like he does that every game, right? Like he he'll, he'll get a big one, and that will be what pushes him up to that huge rushing number. And as many players have stated, Tyron Matthew included, 
the guy gets better as the game goes on. He gets stronger into the second half, which is really, really dangerous. So I, those are my keys to the game, Judah. Um, obviously, Andy Reid, he's on his quest for a ring, arguably the best coach to never win a championship. He has more career wins by any coach without an NFL title. So, so you know, we're pulling for Andy Reid, right? Because the guy, I mean, he deserves a championship. He's one of yeah. those guys where it's really like, it's really, it's it's like shocking that this guy hasn't won a championship yet. Well, he got there in 2004 with Philly. Right. Lost and uh, obviously should have been there. Last year, but uh, ended up losing in overtime to New England in the AFC title. Wasn't that um, in that Super Bowl that he did get to? Wasn't that with T.O. the broken leg game? It's the T.O. broken leg game. Wow. Yeah, Philly That's... came back late, made it a three point game late, but then couldn't uh, couldn't finish the job. Interesting, interesting. Okay, um, one more thing here, Judah, on the Chiefs side, Chris Jones, defensive tackle. Yeah, this is big to me. Yeah, I I think this is one of the biggest keys. Uh, to the game, like monitoring this injury here. He didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but he's a he's a big presence, and they need him to stop Derrick Henry. What yeah. else do you know about him? Well, he's got the calf, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, we know he's one of the best interior rushers, but he's also a good, you know, run stopper, and I believe he suffered this injury playing basketball or whatever with oh, his no. teammates before the divisional round. It's like some mm. off-the-field, you know, really foolish behavior. Kelsey's got a knee injury, but yeah. he had that going into last week. He obviously pl- ended up playing fine. And uh, but yeah, if you're gonna try to muscle up to stop Derrick Henry, you need all your key players, especially on your defensive line, yeah, healthy and performing in a major way. Uh, that being said, it's interesting to me. Tennessee obviously can really move the football on the ground. The red zone for them is going to be key. Yeah, you know we saw even against New England with the pedestrian passing stats that Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill had in that game. He made two big throws. The throws he had to make, the touchdown throw. And the third and eight throw mm-hmm. at the end of the game to win. He's going to have to make some throws in the red zone in mm-hmm. this game for them to punch it into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to get it down there with Henry. Yep. But it's a little bit easier to play run defense down near the goal line. you got to be able to rely on Tannehill to try to make a couple plays. We saw him on the uh, Reed keeper. They ran the option last week yeah, wow. by the goal line. I got so fired up watching that. Yeah, yeah. Ran the option. And Tannehill ran it beautifully. Mm-hmm. The defender took the pitch. Henry and Tannehill kind of gestured that way and took it right up the guy. I was like, that's that's pretty fun football it from is. Arthur Brown's offense. Definitely. So they're gonna have to, you know, get Tannehill to make some plays in the red area in order to get in the paint. And then slowing down Kansas City on offense, obviously something Houston was not able to do for three quarters last week. They're gonna have to get probably two, maybe three turnovers, I think, to win this game and at least somehow get Kansas City off the field. Because once mm. they got rolling last week, oh man. They were unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, was it four touchdowns in the second quarter? Yeah. Was it four or five? Four. Unbelievable. Either way, unbelievable. So once that train got rolling, it was hard to stop there. It was funny because you were looking at the live line, uh, or I was at least, during the game on the Chiefs. And even so, it was 24 nothing. I think at the most, the Chiefs were like plus 350, even down 24 points. It's wow. like, geez. And then once they scored that first touchdown, it was like they were like plus 150. And then once it was 24 to 14, the Chiefs were favored again. Wow. And it was like they were down 10 still, but the momentum, right? Just I mean, like you could that. just tell. Like, yeah. you could just tell. I uh, 
yeah, that that was one to bet clearly live because um, they just destroyed him. I think they went on a fifty-one to like seven run or something crazy like that. Um, you mentioned uh, Arthur Brown, or sorry, Arthur Smith. Excuse oh, me. I'm sorry. Yeah, Arthur Smith. I don't Arthur know where Brown. I got Arthur Brown from. Did you say Arthur Brown? I, I did. Yeah. Did you? Oh, I oh. meant Arthur Smith. Okay. Okay. So, well, I was thinking Arthur Smith when you said it. I don't so know, either who way, who is Arthur Brown? <laughs> yeah, who He's is somebody that, right? in sports? He is someone, huh? Anyone know? <laughs> callers apparently he's a, yeah callers uh t- apparently he's a musician i don't know who he is okay. in sports but uh, i've definitely heard the name yeah not arthur blank not, not arthur <laughs> brown arthur smith not arthur like the cartoon arthur right yeah um <laughs> arthur smith though so fun fact his father frederick w smith is the founder <laughs> of fedex <laughs> <laughs> seriously yeah he's the founder ceo chairman president of fedex arthur smith <laughs> So I don't know. I so feel the like, FedEx Aaron ground player yes. of the game, the ground player of the game has to go by Derrick Henry just for nepotism's sake. How ironic is that? So funny. That is hilarious. Oh man, and Frederick so, W. Smith, the it, founder of FedEx. FedEx. Now Arthur Smith, one win from going to the Super Bowl. And then just so many interesting relationships with these two games because Arthur Smith replaced Matt Lafleur as the offensive coordinator right. when LaFleur left for Green Bay. Well, there you go. If the Titans Packers end up getting there, yeah. there you go. Oh, there it is. Boom, another one. I mean, yeah. just, wow. That's these four teams have so much in common. They right? really do. They really do. Uh, so, all right. Well, that's, I mean, on, on it's all, the other thing I would say is Kansas City is a very tough place to kick field goals. I would expect yeah. someone with the uh, aggressive nature of Mike Vrabel, I would expect a lot of fourth and short. If there are opportunities there, I think he's going to go for it. Yes. In, in a game like this. Yes, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Judah, because the Titans haven't attempted a field goal since week 15. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who's their field goal kicker? Is it uh, uh, not uh, Bullock? Um, yeah. Oh, is man. it uh, Suckup? Who? Suckup? Is it no. Suckup? No. He was, right? No, I think he... Uh, they haven't... You're right. They haven't tried a field goal since week 15. Like, it is... Oh, Ryan Suckup went to... Injured reserve. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's so they brought in this yeah. guy who hasn't really kicked a field goal ever. Greg Joseph. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's suck up? I think he was the uh, chief. He was a dra- Chiefs draft pick mm. out of college because he was Mister Irrelevant. Wow, dude. He was the last pick in the draft when he came out of the Chiefs, and then the Titans had him. Now he's on IR. But these relationships go. are getting weird. We're, now. we're figuring out a bunch of little <laughs> we're diving uh, deep, fun little stats there. Now I know um, listeners can't see this, but I'm showing Judah this little this image right here. These are the this is the Titans scoring drives last ten games. So they yeah, are all it's, touchdowns, it's just a lot scoring of drives, just one field goal in the last ten games. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I had no idea. I didn't even know that. That's but yeah, crazy. <laughs> They'll be going for it on fourth down for sure. Absolutely. And so I guess looking at this number, Judah, yep. where would you have to lean on this? Oh, it's, it's so tough. This is so tough. Total 53. Total's gone up from 52. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm just thinking about the score in my head. I, yeah. I feel like the Chiefs, you know, they, they get to 30. Do the Titans get to 20, 21? Yeah, bro, I got 31, 21 in my head. That would be Chiefs in the under, yeah. which I know is a kind of a a weird kind of spot to fall, but that total is just high enough. I don't know if we get there. I don't know if that total at 53 is just a little too, um, you know, recency bias yeah. to be that high when it's going to be, you know, that cold. Well, and it's, yes. And, and especially the fact that, you know, well, okay, let's, let's just put it this way. If the Titans do what they do, they control the tempo of the game with Derrick Henry. It should go under. Like if the Titans win this game, I think it goes under, yeah. but if the chiefs win, I think it, you know, could go over, like most likely goes over. 
it's I don't know. This is just so hard to pick. Like I, I personally just couldn't. I just can't make a play against the spread here. What was your I, What was your trend point that you made again earlier with spreads of at least, or there were nine point spreads, right? Oh no no or no! It was uh, it was spreads of six or more. Okay, so where was this? Happened nine times. Since yes, two thousand two. Yes. Right. And the favorites in those situations, and this Three is just and six, six or more. They're three and six ATS. Yes, three and six. So it's a big number in a conference championship game. And, you know, I guess I'd lean Titans, you know, just knowing that statistic, but also just seeing how well the Titans have played as of late, how dominant their offense has been. They're, you know, controlling tempo, running with Derrick Henry. I think that they can keep it within that. But I could also tell you a story of how Patrick Mahomes just goes off on him and they get a lead and then the Titans have to come from behind and I just don't see Tannehill doing it. So so what number are we playing here? Seven and a half? <laughs> seven and a half, yeah. Okay, you're taking the Titans? I guess I'd have to lean Titans seven and a half here. I won't make a personal play on it, but yeah, I would lean Titans. All right, Titans it is. Boom. Then it is the NFC Championship. Oh, my Niners. How do you how do you watch a football game with the with the Niners? Are you by yourself? Are you with people? Oh, yeah. So are you saying are do you on I the have? TV? What, am, what's your setup? Am I super spi- superstitious? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, like, yeah. Or or do know. you just like do you have a preferred way of watching big Niners games? You know, because I I have a preferred I, I've got to kind of control the environment around me. I can't watch with strangers yeah. for a big Seahawks game. It has to be me and people I know and trust. Or yeah. me by myself. <laughs> I, I I respect that. I understand that. And the thing is, when I was home in California, where I grew up in the Bay, uh, growing up watching 49ers games, I mean, my parents, big 49ers fans as well. When I would watch games with my dad back in the day, it was funny because he would have to watch the game in a totally separate room on his, you know, his little leather chair he always sat in. And, uh, you know, watching in that on that screen. And I was in the living room. And we could just yell at each other from across, you know, two rooms. To be like, <laughs> did you just see that? You know, but we would have to be in different rooms because it, it was just kind of like a psychological thing, I think. It's not like we didn't want to watch the game together. But I think for most of the game, we would do that. And then when it came down to, like, the fourth quarter, he'd come in the living room and we'd get serious about it. But it was kind of, it was just kind of our thing right yeah, there. But I, that's fun. you know, I am, I am... Someone who does enjoy watching football games alone just as much as I do with people. But when I'm alone, it's like I can really just kind of be myself. You know, I can kind of say what I need to say, get up, stand up, pace around. You know, I definitely do a lot of pacing. Yeah. (laughs) Smart. You got to, right? You got to get up and walk around. Um, But yeah, no, I'll probably be watching it with friends in this one because it's just such a big game in general, right? But if it's just a normal 49ers game regular season, you know, a lot of times I'll just watch by myself. Yeah, I'm... I'm the same way. Got to uh, control the environment as best as you can. Mm-hmm. San Francisco and Green Bay. This line opened Niners minus seven. That was a little higher than I thought. I was just thinking out loud. I once Green Bay beat Seattle and punched their ticket in my head. I was thinking five and a half or six, mm-hmm. and that or or five even. Uh, but I saw it open up at seven. It's gone up to seven and a half. Total opened at forty-five and a tick or two on the over. Mm-hmm. Forty-six and a half. The over-under, Niners favored at home by 7.5 even money, or uh, minus 10 most places, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just your average juice there. These two teams met in San Francisco. I think it was week 13, and it was a dominant 49er win on Sunday Night Football, 37-8. to 8. There's always a few moments early in the game that can dictate a game being like that, like a blowout. Um, I would think that this would be a different game flow, not quite a 37 to 8 game flow, 
but I knew who I liked in this game, even at that number going into this. And I think I still know who I like right now. And yet, it's amazing, man. You can still get a variety of opinions and yeah. perspectives on the spread. And you're like, ah, I wonder what that person's thinking or yeah. what do they know or why are they taking this side or or what have you. So mm-hmm. w- what were your initial opinions on that spread? Well, yeah, my initial opinions on that spread, I'll be honest, like a lot of, like last week with the with the Vikings, I initially was like, yeah, like take the Vikings with the points. And it was because I just didn't quite trust Jimmy G yet first playoff game. I knew that we were getting a lot of guys back on defense. But after what I saw last week with our defense, so, so dominant. And the fact that I saw the 49ers not really needing Jimmy G to do a whole lot, that is comforting to me right. because you just you rely on that defense. We're we're at basically at full strength now. Our run game has been doing well. We got playmakers. We got guys like George Kittle who can block and catch and do literally everything you need him to do. So I uh my initial thought is I think the Niners are gonna dominate this football game. I, I think they're gonna win the game. Uh, I think they're gonna cover the spread and, and I'll get into this a little bit a little bit deeper, but the 49ers, uh, if there's a word that I could use to describe this season, uh, one of the words I would use would be consistency. And Jimmy Garoppolo talked about consistency when he was referring to what he was learning from Tom Brady uh, when he was with Tom Brady and the Patriots and how Tom Brady always had this consistent approach to what he was doing to his game preparation, practice, nutrition, fitness, everything, right? That's kind of the Patriot way. And I feel like a lot of that's rubbing off on the 49ers organization. This team, from what I've seen, is so um, close-knit, tight, family-oriented, right? This is a team that reminds me of almost like Clemson, you know, last season, not this season. I mean, they were close this season, too, but the season prior when they beat Alabama, like, I remember Dabo Sweeney always talking about love, you know, and you you know, you make, you know, you can call it, uh, you know, corny or whatever, but... There's something to it, right, when a team just has that special bond, right? Yeah. And I think the 49ers just have it this year. You well, look every, at, every team every year talks about it, but yeah. there's there's a difference between talking about it and, like, ooh, they actually have something, yeah. a different type of it, like, and it often manifests itself in wins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it just seems like they really do have it. Like, it's not just some smoke. Like, they, they really do have it. They're selfless. Um, this team really is focused. They're super dialed in. The three losses they had, they could have won all of them. Like you could definitely tell a story of how this team could be 17 and 0 right now. Like they're just they're actually that good. And uh, I almost didn't believe it most of the year because just as a 49ers fan, I'm used to getting my heart broken, right? But I, I think this 49ers team really is special. Um, on top of that, home teams five and one straight up in the last six NFC championship games that bodes well for the Niners the 49ers actually have had the most NFC championship game appearances with 15 and they're they have a six and nine record in that so let's get that closer to 500 this weekend Judah <laughs> um, head to head we just talked about they played earlier in the season 37 to eight dominant win there the Niners defense recorded five sacks 12 tackles for loss in that game wow and they weren't even at full strength. Now they're at full strain. Now they got D Ford up in there. They got Jaquiski Tart back there. They got Quan Alexander, Quan Alexander, right? right? Yeah. Who didn't really make much of a difference. Uh, I'm not even really sure how much he played in that game. I, I, he didn't play. Yeah, no, yeah, he was he, out most of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this past game. Oh, oh, yeah. against Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the statue. I, I'm not even really yeah. sure, but um, but yeah, obviously that's that's huge. And the Green Bay Packers in that game, 
198 total yards. Rodgers was held to 104 passing yards. Wow. That was the fewest passing yards by a quarterback with 20-plus completions in NFL history. He didn't hit any of his passes past 10 yards. Like, that's just, I mean, lockdown defense right there. Richard Sherman, we know he's confident, right? He's talking all that. Who is that? Who is Richard, who is Richard Sherman? Sherman? Yeah, talking to a Seahawks fan here. Who is that guy? Who is that guy? Um, but yeah, 49ers defense clearly uh, going to make a difference in this game. Aaron Rodgers, I talked about before with you, when you when the Niners face a quarterback who's a pocket passer, who's sort of a sitting duck. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he can move. You know, he obviously can move out the pocket, throw a deep Hail Mary when he needs to. But, uh, you know, he is a pocket passer. He's not a Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. And the 49ers do better against those guys because they can pin their ears back. They can dial up these blitzes. They can get after him. Um, and they have enough confidence in their secondary to lock down the, the wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers is at a point where he, the running game needs to work. for, mm-hmm. And this is nothing against Rodgers. This is just the version of the Packer offense with LaFleur. They need the running game to, to work in order for the passing game to be maximized. And Aaron Jones has had a phenomenal year. His touchdown numbers speak for themselves uh, from scrimmage. Uh, he's only like one or two away from catching Amon Green's 23 right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. touchdowns from scrimmage in the 2003 season, I believe. Uh, I just worry about Green Bay in the sense that, aside from Devontae Adams, who had a massive game against a Seahawks secondary that is, uh, it's got a lot of holes, yeah, yeah. Seattle secondary. And that was at Lambeau. Yeah. And he went for a buck 60 in the big touchdown. But aside from Devontae Adams, I don't know if there is another reliable option in the pass catching game for Aaron Rodgers. It's not Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's not had a very good year, even though it's, you know, pained me to see him make two huge plays against his former team, the the Seahawks, uh, in that playoff game. It's not Jimmy Graham. You can't rely on Jimmy Graham. It's not Valdez Scantling. It's Alan Lazard. Lazard no, got like... hurt last week. <laughs> right, I don't know yeah. if he's able to even play in this game. But yeah, is it Lazard? Is it uh, Allison? I mean, these are guys, there has to be a secondary pass-catching threat uh-huh. in this game aside from uh-huh. Devontae Adams because Devontae just will not be the same dominant performer as he was against Seattle. No. I mean, I'd frankly be surprised if Devontae had anything more than four for 50 yeah. in this game and maybe a touchdown. Yeah. It's just a, such a different, tough matchup. Then the Packer offensive line, they're going to be challenged by guys like, you know, obviously Bosa, Buckner, Armstead had double-digit sacks this year, a couple of products there, and even D Ford. And the linebackers of San Francisco are great. Warner's, I think, one of the most underrated linebackers Love in the game. Him. Love them. So Green Bay needs the run game to work to help establish some matchup opportunities in the pass game. What Rodgers does so well, and everyone knows this, but he is one of the toughest quarterbacks to gauge snap counts with. He loves the hard count. He loves audibles at the line of scrimmage, redirecting runs. You know, when I think about this game and I think about the matchup in the trenches— San Francisco's got a much better defensive line than I think Green Bay's offensive line, even with guys like Balaga and Corey Lindsley, and I know their left guard's really good too, the rookie for Green Bay. But San Francisco prides themselves on aggression, and the only reason I bring this up is because the San Francisco defense, schematically it's similar to what Seattle's defense has been historically, and there's ties there, but also that defensive line is so aggressive, and that's what Seattle's defensive line Used to always be so aggressive with Bennett and Averill and uh, you know all the pass rushers that they've they've had over the years there. Rodgers is going to try to get him off sides and off balance, mm-hmm. particularly a rookie like Nick Bosa. Bosa is so powerful and so aggressive off the ball. Rodgers is going to hard count the crap 
out of San yeah, Francisco in this yeah, game. Yeah. D Ford, who obviously went off sides in a crucial moment in the AFC title last year. It's I'm looking at D Ford and Nick Bosa. Can they keep hold their water? Can they mm-hmm. stay on sides mm-hmm. and still effectively rush the passer? Um, it's gonna be interesting with that crowd as juiced up as they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. Rodgers is gonna try to use Green or San Francisco's aggressiveness against them. Yeah. That's the way Green Bay wins this game. Play action, bootlegs. Uh, they incorporated that guy in the reverse game last week, the guy that they recently signed in week 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of reverses. There's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of showing you one thing, run the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what LaFleur is going to do in this game. Use San Francisco's aggression on defense against them and try to pop a couple of big plays. That's Green Bay's method of success. To me, it might work in certain moments. But over the course of 60 minutes of football, I lean heavily on San Francisco's side in this football game. Absolutely, and that's that's huge what you talked about with Devontae Adams because he really is the only thing they got going there. That game last time against Seattle, against a banged-up Seattle defense and secondary, it's, just, it's not going to repeat itself. Um, and, yeah, you're completely on point there about the Packers trying to use the aggressiveness of the Niners against them. Now, Aaron Rodgers, though, He's been a dog of seven points or more four times. He's 0-3 outright, but he's 3-0 and against the spread. Is that right? So, you know, he, Aaron Rodgers does play up in big games. We know this. Um, he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, but in this situation, I think the, the Packers need to get out to a lead in order to have a chance in this game because if you fall behind... The 49ers are just going to continue to do what they do. They're going to get more aggressive. They're going to run the football. They're going to control the tempo. Um, so the Packers will need to get out to you know a nice little lead here, gain some confidence. And as a 49er fan, or if you're the 49ers defense, you can't allow Aaron Rodgers to get comfortable. You got to keep him as uncomfortable as possible in this game. Because if he does get comfortable and they do get a lead, well, now you got Aaron Jones and they might pound it away with him. And who knows, they might start finding success because maybe the 49ers start getting a little nervous. They're back on their heels. They know that Rodgers can obviously do some things with his arm, you know, once they get him off balance as a defense. So that'll be interesting to watch. Talking about Jimmy Garoppolo real quick here, because Jimmy G, I've told you before, you know, I haven't been 100% bought into this guy, but after last game, you know, it wasn't a great game statistically, but he did what he needed to do. But here's the reason for concern, because the last four games for Jimmy G, just three touchdown passes, three interceptions, He's averaging 216 yards per game, 65% completion, and he's been sacked 11 times. So the numbers aren't off the charts, but again, he doesn't have to do too much. We've seen championship teams before, you know, the Ravens with Dilfer, right? Uh, I think the the Buccaneers that year against the Raiders uh, with, who was it, uh, quarterback for the Buccaneers that year? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. My God, yeah, I was looking at that up the other day. <laughs> Brad Johnson. <laughs> Helps to have Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Michael Pittman. Right. Helps to have those guys on defense for you. Um, But Jimmy's very turnover prone. He threw 13 uh, interceptions this season. Interception rate of 2.7, which is seventh highest in the league. He also fumbled the ball 10 times this year, which is eighth most among all players in the NFL. So 13 interceptions, 10 fumbles, 23 turnovers for Jimmy G. His keys to the game, limit turnovers, pound the rock, get the ball out quick. Be efficient, conservative, and let the defense win the battle up front. Really, that's it. So Jimmy G will have to just do what he needs to do, but don't be the hero, Jimmy. Let your defense do the work. Let your ground game go to work, your offensive line. Let your guys do what they need to do. Get that lead. Win the game. Go on to the Super Bowl. 
47 times rushing last game against Minnesota. I doubt they get there. But, you know, if this team can run the football in the high 30s once again in this game, maybe even get close to 40, you know that it's going to be a dominant game for them. So 49ers, when it's all said and done, I like laying the points there. I think you could tell a story of how the, the Niners win by double digits in this game, but I'm going to say the 49ers minus seven and a half is the play. I also like the over. Uh, 45 is where it opened. It's up to 46 and a half now. Uh, you know, I'll be darned if it if it lands exactly on 46. I'll take over 46 and a half. I think with especially with Aaron Rodgers, the Niners could be up by you know, maybe like 17 points or something late in the game, and Rodgers comes and puts in a garbage touchdown. I think with that factor in play. Um, and then also just there's a lot of statistics and trends to go with the over in this game for a team like the Niners who are dominant in the rushing game. So I think that number's too low. I like the Niners, and I like the over. All right. I'm going to go with the uh, Niners as well. My final score, yeah, let's let's mm. get these on the record here, yeah, the official yeah, yeah. picks. And since we just talked about the NFC game, let's start there. I will go Niners, lay in the 7.5. I'm with you there. I think the final score there will be San Francisco 30 and Green Bay 17. I don't think oh Green Bay gets gosh. to 20 points, which, of course, you know, that's right where the total's at, 46.5, 30-17. So no official play on the yeah. total for me because yeah. it's so close, but I, I do think it's a Niner win and a Niner cover. You know, you you almost took the words out of my mouth because I was I was talking to a buddy last night about this. We were making predictions for the final score as well, and I was saying something like thirty-one to seventeen. But I was also thinking maybe they do get up to like, you know, thirty-eight like last game or whatever high thirties. Who knows? I can see it. Uh, but at the end of the day, what the conclusion I came down to is that if the 49ers score thirty or more and they hold the Packers to to less than twenty, well. What does that equate to? Niners cover in the over. So it's as simple as that for me. Niners score 30-plus, hold the Packers to less than 20, cover and over. There it is. So I'm going to say, you know, I guess I don't want to be so close to you in the final score, but I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going (laughs) to... I guess I'm going to go ahead and say 34 to 17. There it is, 34 to 17. And in the AFC game, back and forth, uh, I'm going to take both favorites to cover. I'm going to take the Chiefs. um, I think... Tennessee in the red zone, they're going to have to punch in a, a few scores here maybe, but I'm going to go Chiefs uh, Chiefs to win this football game, cover easily, 30-22. to 22. You know what, Judah? <laughs> By half point, they covered 30, 30, <laughs> 30 to 22. 30 to 22. Oh. That's my Chiefs-Titans score. That's just under the total. Wow, unbelievable, 52. Uh, right at the total where Again, it actually opened, golly. right? Perfect. <laughs> You're nailing it, man. Um, There's you, no way that happens, but yeah, you changed my mind, Chiefs. I'm gonna lay it really? too. Yeah, you know, I, I just thinking about it too much. I, I don't want to. I don't want to overthink it. Like, I, I just think the Chiefs. I think the the narrative here is the Chiefs 49ers are in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs after what happened to them last time, and after seeing how dominant they were against the Texans once they got rolling. I just I see the Chiefs getting a lead in this game. I see the Titans finally being down in a football game. Now. Uh, rest my soul if the Titans get out to a lead and Derrick Henry does it again. But I'm going to go with you. Lay it with the Chiefs. Lay it with the Niners. Chalk it up. Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. I think that'll be a lot of fun to uh, to watch for for all involved. Championship Sunday. Man, it's one of my favorite uh, weekends of the entire season. And um, it's one that I, I look forward to. Even though it comes with a little bit of 
you know, blues because I know it's the first weekend since the Seahawks mm -hmm. uh, won't be involved. But still, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch both of these football games. By the way, 30 to 17. I'm going to take your final score from the Niners game and make that my Chiefs-Titans final score. 30-17. Yeah. Got it. All right. <laughs> Follow Zach on Twitter, at Zach Schlegel. I'm at Judah Newby. We'll be back again next week to break down the Pro Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're right. I was like, almost took you seriously there. We'll have the Super Bowl matchup and uh, maybe uh, dabble in uh, little college hoops. We'll see. That's, that's right around the corner. Bet the game for Zach Judah. See you later.